The Jerry DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports Station. Jerry DePoto joins us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline, Mariners president of baseball operations. Jerry, uh, thanks for joining me this morning. How's it going out there? Uh, it's going well. We, we got a beautiful, sunny Thursday in, in Detroit. Hopefully we can uh, pull off a sweep and move along. Okay, so that answered the question I was going to ask you because Salk is not in today because he was at the big uh, Def Leppard Motley Crue concert last night. So I was going to ask if you were there, but it sounds like you are with the team. So you didn't get a chance to take that one in. No, we actually, you know, one of the things that we do annually with our baseball group is uh, we take our baseball operations directors, you know, our leadership group, and we pick one, you know, road trip, one town. And, and this year it was Detroit where we will kind of convene for our directors meetings. It just reduces distraction. There's not a lot, you know, we, we just meet in a meeting room at a hotel and and get to enjoy games on the road. So this is uh, this is that trip for our team. Yeah, nice little trip up to the uh, upper Midwest. Sounds like the weather's great out there. Always a fan of the food and the hospitality in the Midwest. So I think you picked a good trip to go to. Yeah, we've done this one before. It wasn't accidental to pick it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, enjoy that. And uh, hopefully you've been enjoying this stretch. 17-10 and 10 in August and now a season best 14 games over 500. Now that we're in September, and all of the the trade deadline moves have passed. The the All Star break, the draft is passed. The Julio deal is signed. Uh, can you relax a little bit, or do you still have things to do and take care of as this season winds down? Uh, you know, I, I guess it it depends what you mean by relax. There's uh there's always something going on, like I just described with uh, with our meetings and systems and and programs refinement. We're we're building our budgets for 2023 for for our overall operations putting in player development uh, there's there's always something and and while you're going through that in the midst of a pennant race with a team that's playing really well I, I can't imagine a better combination of events for the, the final five weeks of the season yeah I was gonna say have you gotten a chance to appreciate what this team is doing right now how they've come together and and I know and I imagine when you were trying to put this team together and the, the lineup versatility and the elite starting pitching and, and a good bullpen it had to look something like this, right? With the 14 games over 500 and a team that can just kind of roll up wins when they need to. I really can't say how much this represents what our, our dream scenario might've been. And, and uh, you know, we've, we've hit on so many positive developments and obviously the, the transactions we've made, the, the acquisitions of players via trade, the draft and develop of, of many who've come through our system. You know, not everything has gone right for us, but more than enough of it has gone right for us that we're in the position we are. And, you know, it's I, very rare. Do, do you plan something multiple years out and then open your eyes and say, wow, it, we, we didn't miss by that much <laughs> because you always dream you know, the, the big dream. And, and hopefully we're able to continue this because the part of that was we wanted this to be a sustainable product. And we think it is. And one of those guys who uh, you just brought over and now have activated Matthew Boyd. He hasn't pitched all year. He has just been activated today. How does he look and what made you confident he can be a big boost and in addition to this team down the stretch? You know, we, we had the, the insight on his rehab during his time with the Giants that it was going well uh, the second time through and and that he was just about to start his game rehab. But we also had a lot of data to look at from his bullpen sessions, which 
you know, the Giants were great about sharing with us. And, and we were pretty confident that he was in a place where it wouldn't take more than four or five weeks to get him back to uh, a major league mound. And, and we intended to build him into a multi-inning bullpen role. And we feel like that's the, the, what he brings to the table for our team coming down the stretch here. And to have uh, an experienced and good major league starting pitcher sitting in your bullpen and, and have a right-handed version of that in Chris Flexen and a left-handed version of that, you know, Matthew Boyd really gives us a, a, a tremendous boost in, in that it allows the other guys the freedom to do their job in the shorter leverage stints. And, and it allows Matt Boyd to, to affect uh, what might be uh, – the most fun he's ever had in baseball as a Mariners fan to, to enjoy what's going to happen here over these next 30, 40 days. I was going to say, I, I can't imagine there's anyone more excited to uh, make his debut for his hometown team than Matt Boyd. Has he been kind of chomping at the bit as he kind of mentioned how excited he is to get out there? Or is it just evident by his fandom and everything that you've known about him? Well, I, I will say this, that we are every year, Scott, picks a, a trip where the team travels with, with a football theme. And it's almost always one of the, the final six weeks of the season as we get closer to football season. Scott's a huge fan. And uh, you, you, I'm sure you will see pictures on social media of Scott's ensemble today, which is uh, it's one for the ages. But we were down in the lobby checking out today, and I just happened to, to walk up to the desk at the same time that, that Matt Boyd came up. And, uh, and he walked up and he's got his Steve Largent throwback jersey on. And, and it's, a, it's, it's fun that, that to, to think about growing up in the Seattle area, rooting for the Mariners all your life, wanting this to be, you know, it's a dream come true for him just to put the uniform on and then getting the thrill of playing in a, in a pennant race and perhaps, you know, taking care of a 21-year-old, uh, I guess, hole in the organization's history and, and being part of something special. So I'm thrilled for him and for us. Well, now I, all I can think of is dreading seeing the Packers ensemble that Scott service is wearing. So I don't know if I want to see that. It's magical. Okay. All right. I'll have to keep up to date on that. All right. Everyone look at Mariners Twitter soon. I'm sure they'll post all that. That's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Jerry, another guy you just brought up, Taylor Trammell. He's in the starting lineup today. No, he had some hamstring issues. How does he feel? It seems like it's all right. He's out there in right field, but we know how these things can lag. Have you gotten the, the verdict that he seems to be fine for this stretch run? Yeah, you know, we thought he was, and we activated him from the IL, optioned him to Tacoma not too long ago. And once that happens, the he, the medical team has signed off on on full health, and and we feel like Tram's in a good place. He's played incredibly well during his rehab, and, and frankly, he's been a great contributor for us at the big league level when he's been healthy. He's had a couple of bouts with the hamstring this year, but when he's out there on the field for us. He can play any of the three outfield spots. He's a plus runner. He's a, he's a great teammate, and he gives us some left-hand power and a willingness to take a walk, which that, that's how we score our runs is, is we, we piece together a couple of runners and, and don't naturally, you know, we're not likely to throw up a dozen hits like we did the, the first game of this series, but we do hit the ball out of the ballpark and we do get on base, and that's what Tram brings to the table. Jerry, a guy who uh, had a big impact yesterday, Abraham Toro. I imagine it's got to be frustrating to be sent down to say, all right, well, we're going to send you down to triple a. What was his mindset like uh, when he found out? And then conversely, when he worked down there and got that call to come back up here to the Mariners. 
you know, disappointment, like every player. I, I've been in that situation myself, and, and nobody wants to get sent to the minor leagues. But, you know, Abe did what we asked him to do, which was go down and just play. There's, you know, it was a, a pretty rough first four and a half months of the season for him. And, you know, like you saw last night, he has had an unusual knack for delivering in the big moment, despite the fact that it has not been a terrific statistical season for him. And, you know, he went down and he played regularly. And and hopefully what we are seeing here since his return, he's, his, he's, he's, his trajectory, his launch angle is much different than it was when he left. And, you know, he, was, he wasn't flat uh, to, with the bat through the zone in the way he was when he was going really good for us in 21. And, and what we've seen the last couple of days is maybe a little more representative of, of Abe's best swing, which is a big boost for this team because Couture is a good player and, and he can really help us here down the stretch. Hey, Jerry, I want to get into a little bit about this Julio deal and how special a weekend that was. We heard you talk about it on Saturday. We haven't gotten a chance to speak with you yet. So to have this deal, to have a weekend like that where you you honor the future, you have this big deal to put Julio Rodriguez in a Mariners uniform for a long time and then also honor the past that same day with Ichiro's Mariners Hall of Fame induction. What did that mean to you, to the organization, and what do you hope it meant to the fans? Uh, you know, I have to say, if the, if this is my seventh year here with the Mariners, and you know, the, the week in total, the starting with the, the national series and, and going through the four games with the Guardians, uh, the the Ichiro weekend, Julio's contract, I, I really can't imagine a more enjoyable week or, or remember one that was quite like that outside of the final homestand last year when we were when we were all having so much fun and and so much lay in front of us. But with the Julio deal, that that's. If to in, to my mind, it's it is a unique chance to keep what we think is is a super high impact player who has generational talent in one city for the entirety of his career, and and it's what Julio wanted, it's what we wanted, and that was the first conversation we had. You know, not how do we sit down and work out a deal that keeps Julio here for a couple of extra years. Now, we wanted to figure out a way to build pathways toward uh, Julio always being a Mariner. And, and we were able to find a way that that could happen, you know, in, in an equitable way for, for all parties. And he's happy. We're happy. I, I think the, the thing that I find most enjoyable about it is the way his teammates, uh, his teammates embraced it. And, and it's not always that way when, when a player gets a big contract, you know, there might be some animosity, there might be some jealousy, our guys, they loved him, and they were thrilled for him. And that is representative of how well-liked Julio is in this clubhouse, which is another part of it, just a person. Yeah, we've seen the details on this contract. It is unique. I imagine it was incredibly complex to conceive of, to how to put a fair deal together for both sides. It would reward both Julio and help out the organization. How much, how much trust and patience did it take to put together a deal like this? Uh, incredible amount. And, and I, I will say that that was something, the word trust is something that, you know, Ulysses Cabrera, who represented Julio through this and, and did a great job on this contract, that, that I shared that word with him. He shared it with me. We talked about that with Julio. And, and I will say, and I've said this before publicly in interviews like this or, or otherwise, and I said it to him, to Julio, 
there's, he has always been a Mariner. You know, we, we signed Julio when he was 16 years old. He has always been uh, a member of our organization. And you, he said something to me at the start of the negotiation that really kind of echoed throughout is that outside of Julio's family, there's no one who knows Julio better than the Mariners and Octagon. And we were able to, to put together a contract that achieved our you know, want to have him here for the, the duration. And it achieved his desire, which is to always be a Mariner, because this is what he knows. And, and he trusts us as much as any player who's ever come through our system. And, and I, I think that is, it's because of what we've been able to help him do. But more importantly, it's, it's what the, it's a belief in one another that Julio has a way of connecting with people. That's just uh, on a different level than many players that you'll come across. And, and we're thrilled that he'll be here and, and spread that to, to others because he's, he's a special guy outside of just being a special player. Yeah, amazing to think uh, 16 years old and he's going to come of age here and really kind of grow and his whole adult life will be spent here representing the Mariners and uh, in the city of Seattle. Uh, Jerry, hey, when Scott was on with his weekly interview on our station on Tuesday, he mentioned that this deal and this Julio contract is Obviously a win for Julio because he's going to get paid and well-deserved, but it's a win for everyone involved. And Scott mentioned, you know, this, the scouts, the, the coaches, I'm sure you guys in the front office to see a homegrown talent get rewarded and flourish like that. How rewarding is that to, to see someone you invested in at age 16 to now have this deal and stay with the franchise? You know, I, I think it's a great point and I'll, I'll take it in a slightly different direction before I, I pull back to that question. But you know, when Carlos Santana got here, who's very close with Julio, but when Carlos Santana arrived in Seattle, one of the things that he brought to us was, was roughly the dance, you know, our, the, the celebration, you know, makes it's hard to win games in the big league, celebrate that and, and do it together. And, and, you know, the guys, the, the dance post-game dance took on a, a life of its own. The, the, the clubhouse celebration took on a life of its own. And, and that's what it's like when Julio happens. That's what it's like when Logan Gilbert and George Kirby and Cal Raleigh happen. It's what happens when young players come through your system from the scouts who sign them to the, the development people who coach them to the analysts who assess them. It's a, everybody has a, 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 has a, a finger in, in what goes on. And, and when players like Julio evolve into what he is evolving into uh, and, and do the things that he's now doing. It's a celebration across all those people. And it should be because it is really hard to do what he's done, which is grow from the Dominican summer league through to a major league player, play in an all-star game, sign a, a contract that's minimally worth North of $200 million and, and affect a community in such a short time, the way he has. And from our, education systems in the Dominican Republic to our, to our BVY programs, our player plans to our coaches, every one of them deserves a piece of, of credit and, and should enjoy a celebration. And hopefully there are another 17, 18 years plus of celebrations in this case. Now, from your perspective, how big of a recruiting pitch can this be when you are courting potential free agents and you can show them the pieces you have in place, a very enviable rotation, and then, oh, yeah, this bright superstar is going to be here for a long, long time. Is this a pretty enticing pitch when you go out to potential free agents this offseason? 
Oh, I don't think there's any question. We have a, we have a great ballpark. We have a great city. And, and part of it was we needed to build the foundation of this team, you know, in such a way that, that it was sustainable. I think we've done that. Uh, obviously, with this agreement and bringing Robbie Ray in and trading for Luis Castillo and, and you know, recognizable major league performers. Ty France is now an all-star. J.P. Crawford's a gold glover. Gino Suarez leads all big leaguers and homers since 2016. There's a lot happening on our field that if you just flash back two years ago, it wasn't really happening. And, and when you get a personality like Julio who sits at, at the center of it, it really does act, you know, as a magnetic draw. And, you know, whether that be through, you know, players wanting to stay here who are already here or, you know, making the next acquisition, be it free agent or otherwise, I, I do think that it is a difference-making presence that he brings to the table. There's a viability of where we are and where we intend to be as a franchise. Uh, Jerry, a little off-the-cuff question here, but you know the, the schedule came out for next season, the 2023 schedule, and it's a pretty big change because for the first time, every team is playing each other and the divisional games are cut back from 19 to 13. Uh, do you like that change? Does it have any competitive benefit or is it just kind of now the new world of how baseball will be played? I do. I, I like it in the same way that, you know, if I, if I flash back to 1997, when we first implemented interleague play, I, there's, I like that. And it's, a, I think anything that you can do to create uh, more balance in the schedule, and this creates, I guess, the, the optimal balance in any schedule is playing a, a, a standard number of games against everybody in the league. But as importantly, it's given the fans the opportunity to see the other teams in the league at, at, at normal intervals where you don't have to wait three or four years to see a team. Or you know, it, it could be six or eight years before we see a team come through Seattle and in the, in the National League. And, and this, this, you know, it's 2022. We don't need to, to do that anymore. We can see this, the biggest stars in the game. We can see the best competition and and it gives you a great gauge for where you are uh, in terms of field of play. And it's a little uh, against the, the grain in terms of the tradition of baseball. But I think, you know, we're, we're making our own new traditions. And, and that's a good thing for the fans. Well, Jerry, uh, I got to let you go here because we have to turn it over to Mariners baseball. Coming up at the top of the hour, pregame coverage begins for the final game of that series. Uh, did you wait? Did you mention your jersey? Are you, are you going to rock a jersey as well on the flight? Well, I, I am wearing the, the Mitchell and Ness throwback Steve Largent, which is what uh, Matt Boyd and I had a nice oh, laugh over. You were uh, matching. We didn't share the memo. Okay, <laughs> that's fantastic. All right, so I can't wait to see those pictures. Uh, and I guess we'll have to see Scott Service's Packers-related apparel, but it uh, sounds like it's worth checking out. Uh, Jerry, thanks for joining me this morning. I appreciate the time. All right, guys. Enjoy the day.